Good evening. This is Pastor Omar Rivera with the 915 Pastors Roundtable. How's everyone doing tonight? Great, I hope. Blessings to you. Today is November 4th, 2021. And today we're going to uh, continue reading the book of Ephesians and uh, chapter 4, verses 15 to 32. Hopefully we'll get through this chapter today. But if not, you know what? There's always next Thursday. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in and uh, chiming in with me here today on Facebook Live and also on podcast. <clears throat> Let's start out with a, a quick word of prayer. Uh, Father God, we just thank you for this time and opportunity to be in your presence, Lord. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks through me as we continue to study the book of Ephesians, Lord. Thank you for all that you have done today in our lives, and thank you for the things that you're about to do in our lives tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, uh, I want to, uh, <clears throat> let's go ahead and start in uh, verse 14 of chapter 4. Verse 14 of chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians. And it says, uh, a correction, chapter 4, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. Okay? So before, last week we were talking about in chapter 14, it talks about that uh, then we will no longer be like infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind and teaching and by uh, uh, every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. So see, we have people out there who like to, uh, you know, present false truths, false gospels. They like to come into your church and teach you false things. And if it doesn't, if it's not in the Bible, then it's false teaching. Okay. Everything they speak about has to refer back to the scriptures. And some, that's why it says in the scriptures that we need to check our uh, check our uh, prophets and teachers and things like that. Make sure that it is within the corners, within the word of God. We don't want uh, to uh, to have false teachers in our, in our church because they'll lead you astray. They'll lead you astray. Just like the, the waves come in crashing on the shore. You know what, it, those those people come into your churches and they're like wolves in sheep's clothing. And they'll teach you things that, that'll get you all messed up and distract you from following Jesus Christ. You know, so that's why it's it says that uh, we need to be watching them. Uh, we don't want to get tossed around. Um, instead, instead uh, speaking the truth in love, we are we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. Christ is the head of the church, and we will grow up to, in him. But we need to make sure that we have the right people in our lives discipling us and teaching us about the scriptures. You see, sometimes we just have people that they just come along and they get you into church, and next you know you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then that's it. You never see them again. They don't talk to you. They don't pray with you. They don't teach you and take you, you know, by, they don't stay by your side and guide you through the scriptures that you can learn. And so this is what needs to be done in the church today. Amen? And that way you get, it'll keep us from being tossed around, uh, in our church, listening to false teachings. 
And verse 16 says, From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in, the, in love as part as each part does its work. We as a body of Christ has a power responsibility. When one falls down, we are there as a church to pick that person back up and get that person back in line with God. That is the responsibility of the church, to be there when things go wrong, when to be there when things are not right, to be there when, when tragedy happens or occurs, when people who are sick and need our visitation and need to be visited in the hospitals. That's part of being a Christian, helping out the widows and the orphans. We need to be there for them and taking care of them. That's our job as Christians, as men and women of the body of Christ. We need to be there for them. Amen. And we work together. Satan has, has a lot of tricks and he would love to see us just come apart at the seams. A church that just falls apart and, and cannot get it together. He loves to see a church like that. He doesn't care if you go to church. He just don't want you to have a relationship with God. That is the main, main issue there with him. He doesn't, that, he doesn't care if you go to church. He doesn't care if you give money. As long as you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're all right in Satan's book. That's why you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ so that you know the truth. And the truth, the scripture says, so I'll shut you free. Amen. Amen. Verse 17, it says, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the fertility of their thinking. You know, we as, as believers, when we grow up in Christ, we... We start to, you know, things in our lives change. The Holy Spirit starts to change us from the inside out. And we need to let the Holy Spirit do that in our lives. We need to make sure that we're following the, the scriptures and, we, and we're getting discipled by someone so that we be able to learn what, what God uh, has for us in, in, our, in our walk with him. Amen. Amen. So here we are uh, telling you that uh, we need the support from the body of the church, which is a church. We got to be there for one another. Ain't no one else going to do it. And that's the prime example in Acts, how, how the people in Acts, in the first chapter, first two chapters there, it talks about, chapter two talks about how the people gathered together and gave uh, freely, gave things to each other, sold things and helped each other out, shared things together. Amen? Amen. In verse 18, it says, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Remember remember the story of Moses? Moses had a hard heart. Excuse me, Pharaoh, the story. I'm sorry, I apologize for that. The story of Moses, right, where Pharaoh, uh, the king of Egypt, had a hard heart. He would not lead, let the people of Israel go. Until all these plagues came on about him, and then he decided to let him let the people go. We have to be kind of just like that. We have to understand that there's going to be people in our lives who have a hard heart. They're not soft. There's going to be people in our church that don't want to be a help to others and, and be there for one another. People should be able to see a difference between Christians and non-Christians. Because of the way Christians live. 
the way how Christians live, it, 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 we, we separate ourselves from the things of the world. And we look at the world differently. We see things differently then because we are spiritually awakened. We see that the world has nothing to offer us but sin. And we need to pray, make sure that we walk right with the Lord. Amen. This change happens in your life. And uh, there might be some times that you might stumble and fall. But you know what? You always got to stay focused on Jesus Christ. And he'll lead you through it. Living the Christian life is a process. But though we have a new nature, we don't automatically think all good thoughts and express all the right attitudes. Sometimes we fall. Sometimes we struggle. And it's a working progress. It's something that continuously, continually works in you. The Holy Spirit works in you from the inside out. And he, he helps you to watch what you say, how you think, how you conduct yourself, how you, you know, maintaining your attitude and, you know, don't, you know, won't be getting angry anymore. You will start, you stop cursing and stuff like that. You'll stop lying. You'll start accepting the truth and, and walking just like Christ walked. You're not going to be Christ Jesus, but man, you could do a best example of him. You can be the best example of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In verse eight, uh, 19, uh, correction, I want to read uh, 18 again. It says, they are darkened in the, uh, their understandings of sep and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And in this scripture here, it talks about those Gentiles. Right? He says, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the crazy thinking of their minds. We need to walk away from that. We are heirs of, of the kingdom of God. We are children of God now. We need to be uh, better in, in our walk and in our conduct and in our attitudes and the way how we live. We need to be examples for our co-workers and our friends and our children and our grandchildren. That's who we need to be. Examples for them. Amen. In verse 19, it says, Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. See, there's people out there in the world who just continues to sin. They lust after the things of the flesh. They lust after the things that the world has to offer them and enjoy it. And so much so that they lose themselves in it. Someone was asking me, how is it that the world is so corrupt and yet God so loves us still? And how, how, how can we know that these things, how can these things happen in our world? Like crime and murder and uh, all these catastrophes that are happening around the world, like, like tornadoes and tsunamis and hurricanes and, and, uh, uh pandemics and things like that, all these things occur because there's sin in this world. I, I actually believe that, I, I don't know, I might be wrong, but I actually believe that God speaks in a way that it's through the world, through the earth, through the elements of our earth, when he is displeased with the earth, there's famine, when he's displeased with the earth, there's earthquakes, when he's displeased with the earth, there's fires that start out from lightning. There's mudslides and uh, tsunamis and cyclones and 
sandstorms and all kinds of things that happen in our world that, that just happen. I don't know. I might be wrong. I, I might be wrong. But I really do think that God speaks through the earth, through the elements of the rain and the clouds and the mountains and the earth, the volcanoes that erupt. God let these things happen. I really do. And I know he's in control. God will not let the earth fall into a flood again like it did back in the days of Noah. There are cities around the world today that, man, they're close, right, just like Samara and Gomorrah. Only God knows what he's going to do when he deals with those people, when he deals with all people of sin. There's a wrath that's coming one day. No one knows the time or the place or the hour. Don't know the day. But you know, it's coming. And we need to be prepared as Christians for that coming. It might not happen in our time. It might happen tomorrow. It might happen four or five years from now. You don't know. Only God knows. God knows when to send his son to come back for his church, his bride. And when that day comes, a lot of things in this world is going to change. Because every eye will see God. Will see Jesus coming to be to to uh, gather his church. Amen. Amen. Let's continue reading. In verse thirty, a correction. Verse twenty it says, "You, however, did not come to know Christ that way." See, we we didn't come to know him. We came to know him by coming to church one day, hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ and believing in that gospel and believing that Jesus died for us on the cross and believing that he, he died for our sins and paid the price so that we could be saved, so that we could be reconciled to God. Amen. As surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. You see, we here, uh, Paul is telling the Ephesians, hey, look, you, you guys, you guys know the scriptures. You know, well, not by the scriptures, but you know what? They were taught who Jesus was. They were taught to follow Christ. They were taught by Paul, and he left leaders to continue the teaching of the church there in Ephesus. And he's telling them, hey, stop acting like those who are of the world. Stop, stop being ignorant in your ways. You know the truth. You know Christ. Put, on the, put away that old stuff and put on Christ Jesus. Don't let the things of the world continue to... to, to uh, uh, for you to dwell in. Don't let the things of the world bother you. Don't let the things of the world keep uh, uh, getting at you and trying to coerce you into going back into the things of the world like in drugs and in drinking and in back into fornication and, and sexual immoralities and things like that. These are things that you need to leave behind and start going forward and start maturing and growing in the Lord. Amen. That's what it's all about. And the only way you do that is by reading the scriptures. And the only way to do that is by praying. Every day you need to set time. Every single day. Amen? Amen. And that's why he's saying you were taught 
uh, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self. Leave those things behind. Leave those things behind. Look forward to the promises that Jesus Christ has given us. Amen? Amen. In verse 23, it says, to be made new in the attitudes of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Put on Christ. Start thinking, what would Jesus do in this situation? Where would Jesus go if he had nowhere else to go? What would Jesus do in some of these uh, problems that I'm facing? How would he handle these things? Would he just throw in the towel and give up and go find a bottle of beer or a bottle of liquor because he couldn't handle it? No. No, he, Jesus Christ was the example that led you straight into prayer every time. Every time things arose, remember Christ always separated himself from the rest of the disciples, only took a few with him, and sometimes he went alone just to be and talk with the Father by himself. And that's what we as Christians need to do. We need to find time to be with God. We need to find time to read his word. So that way the things of the world won't attack us. We won't desire the lust of the flesh that we, that we have so hard worked to get away from. The flesh is what, what really destroys the walk of a Christian person. Christian spirit, you walk with God. That's what destroys it. The flesh. You can't get away from it. Don't know how to how to get all get away from it, how to turn our back on it. It's just something that keeps festering us. Like like Paul had a thorn in his side and he asked God three times to take it away from him. And he's like, no, deal with it. Suck it up, buttercup. Deal with it. My grace is sufficient for you. Learn how to deal with your problems and issues by first going to the Lord Jesus and asking him, Lord, take this away from me. Lord, help me to deal with these problems. Lord, help me to understand how to handle these situations in my life. Help me to help my children when they're going through problems. Help me to help and counsel them when they have issues in their lives with their marriage or their spiritual walk. Help me to understand what you need me to teach them. Amen. Amen. And put on a new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And verse 25 says, Therefore, each one of each of you must put off falsehoods and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Stop lying, in other words. Stop speaking falsehood. Stop lying to one another. Talk to each other in truth. In 28, it says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Because you don't know if you're going to wake up the next day. That's what it's all about. Don't go to bed angry. Forgive one another. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Call that brother or sister. Ask for forgiveness. If you're married, ask for forgiveness from your spouse. Tell them that you love them. Amen. <clears throat> In verse twenty-seven, it says, verse twenty-seven says, and do not give 
the devil a foothold. And that's where a lot of people have issues with. A lot of people who are immature in Christ, who are newly born again Christians, new, new people who just started walking with the Lord, they have this still a place where the enemy knows their weakness, where the enemy knows that you, you, I can turn you off from God in a second. All I got to do is put you with the right people at the right time, at the right place, especially when you're upset, especially when you're pissed off, especially when things are not going right in your life, especially when tragedy hits in your household, a death hits in your household, the pandemic of COVID-19 hits in your household. No matter what it's like, the enemy knows exactly how to tune you away from, to turn you away from God. He has that little foothold in your life. That weakness he knows about you, whether it be drugs or alcohol, or that anger or that impatience, right? He knows how to trigger you. He knows how to trigger you. Don't let him get that foothold. Don't let him take a part of that life of yours and maintain it and hold it. We have to repent and rebuke Satan for holding on to you. He's, he's stealing you of life. Amen? He's stealing you of life. In verse 28, uh, he says, He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. In other words, we need to be people who have, who have to work. And if you don't have a job, there's ways of volunteering. You know, I have members in my church who volunteer. Some of them are retired, they're not working anymore, but they volunteer. Some of them are caretakers for their elderly parents, and they take care of them. Some of them are just uh, handicapped, and they continue to, to take care of, of themselves, but yet they volunteer. They come in, into the church, and volunteer. Hey, listen, even... Even Christians have goals for their lives. We, we do. But we don't want Satan to have a foothold in that, in that life. We have dreams and, 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 and visions for our lives. God gives us a purpose of why we're here on this earth. Yes, we have families. Yes, we have children and we have grandchildren and we work and we have jobs. But count it all to the glory of God. Do it as you're doing it to him. Work diligently in truthfulness and be upright and in right standing with your peers and your boss because it'll come back to you. They will recognize you for your, your duty uh, to your job and to your diligence and to your, your being on time, being respectful and being uh, able to handle any situation. You know, I, I've had that this, this past year. I, I found favor in the Lord. In a certain time in my life this past year, I had an issue and, and I was about to leave my, my current job. And I was offered a position. And this position was able for me to be able to continue to work and last for till my full retirement. And I only thank God because it wasn't for God. 
I will not be able to have this job continuously to continue to work to my last 20 years or so. And I think God has a, a way of opening doors and shutting some. And we have to give him all the praise and all the glory. Amen. Amen. We're almost done here. Uh, almost done. We've got a few more verses to go. And it says here, <clears throat> in verse 29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their deeds, that they may benefit those who listen. Listen, when you talk, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing that I find really funny sometimes because you hear people who are Christians and they call themselves Christians, but yet they still talk like they're part of the world. Their speech doesn't change. Their, the way how they talk doesn't change. And I'm not saying uh, you have a cowboy twang or, you know, like myself, I, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and so I, I have an accent. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there's somehow, sometimes in our lives that we need to get away from the, some of the places that we've been hanging out with so long, in some of the places that we've been hanging out in so long that we still dwell with the same type of people. And we don't teach people how to mature and grow in Christ. And part of that maturing and part of that growing is also part of changing. Changing our speech and our talk and our conduct. The way we talk has a lot to do with it. When people talk, they should be able to ha have a respectful conversation with you. Not that there's a lot of slang and a lot of uh, uh, talking like you're uneducated. And I'm not saying that, that, that you have to have an education. No, I'm just saying that sometimes our speech our speech and the way how we talk gives a lot of people the appearance that, hey, how can we be Christians and still talk this way? How can we be Christians and still talk trashy? How can we be Christians and still talk like we're from the street? It has to do with change. It has to do with the scriptures. And it has to do with the way how we conduct ourselves. Are we, are we still living in sin? Are there parts, are there, are there things in our lives that are still drawing us to the enemy? Are there things in our lives that we still are not completely at peace with God? Is there something still in our life that we keep looking at it and say, I know this is not right, but I like what I'm doing. And that thing that you like that you're doing might be the thing that sends you uh, uh, correction, correction. that's the same thing that will direct you away from God because we're still living in a sinful nature. We're still living in a sinful nature. Paul explains uh, that such a person who became a believer had to put off the old lifestyle and make a change. Turning to good hard work and in order to make a living, stealing and idleness go together. Stealing and idleness. In other words, those people who can work but don't want to work, 
Man, that's idolists. And you're stealing from the government. I know like a lot of people right now, they don't, nobody wants to go to work because of COVID and they're getting these checks in the mail from the government and things like that. But you know what? You're being idle. And that's not right. If you're able to work, go to work. That's what it says right there. Make a living. Stealing and idle, idleness. I-D-L-E-S-S. I-D-L-E-N-E-S-S. Idleness. Go together. Somewhere you're receiving monies, but that you're fully capable to go and go to work. Think about it. Think about it. Now sit on that. No, sit on that. In verse 30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 31, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. He's telling the Ephesians, the church of Ephesus, Hey, you know what? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. When you sin, you grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, you upset the Holy Spirit. You upset him. That the Spirit can be saddened or grieved points to the personality of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person who can be saddened by the way we live. Paul has already explained that the Holy Spirit's power within gives new life to believers. While we continue to battle with our sinful nature, we should be living for Christ each day. Each day we should be living for Christ Jesus. And if you still haven't corrected the way how you speak, if you still haven't corrected the way how you live, if you're still living in a sinful nature, you need to, brothers and sisters, repent and get near to God and draw and, and move away from Satan because these are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. To refuse to, to do so, to constantly give in to lying, anger, stealing, and foul talk is to grieve the Holy Spirit. Did you hear that? When you constantly give in to lying, anger, stealing, and foul talk, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. How can you be an example of Christ if everything that comes out of your mouth is anger, stealing, lying, foul language. In verse 32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Be compassionate. Love one another. Be there for one another. Let the Holy Spirit change you. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't let this malice and anger and, you know, your conduct, your attitude. Don't let Satan have a foothold in your life. It says so right there in the scriptures. That's why we read the scriptures, we explain it, and we teach it. And we have to believe what it says and do what it says. 
you have to face God one day. God will ask you, what have you done for me? What did you do in the world that you lived in? How did you conduct yourself? How was your relationship with others? How was your speech with other people? Did you live in sin? Did you let the enemy continue to have a foothold in your life? These are the things that will be asked of you and you will have to answer back. Amen. Amen. Thank you everybody for tuning in. God bless you, Melissa, Cynthia. Praise God, I'm glad you, you tuned in. Uh, I don't know who else tuned in. Uh, but thank you very much for tuning in and, and uh, continue to uh, support the, my podcast and my Facebook page. I really appreciate you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, before that, I want to give a, a shout out to LifeGate Church, located at 10555 Edgemere. It's my home church. My senior pastor is Pastor George Russell. Uh, it's a great spirit-filled church. I also want to give a shout out to Howard Payne University. If you need an education, uh, if your children are doing those uh, programs where they can have high school and dual, it's called dual credit in El Paso, Texas. Hey, by all means, go find the school. It's a good school. Student ratio is very low, and it's a Christian-based uh, university. They have criminal justice, business, accounting. Um, they have other uh, other uh, degree plans and also uh, masters of theology. I really uh, hope that you guys uh, continue to support my podcast here, the Nine One Five Pastors Roundtable. Thank you very much. I appreciate all the time that you guys tune in. I really do appreciate it. You can you can find me here on Pod Podbean or Google or Spotify um, and some and some other ones. Okay, God bless you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just thank you, Father, for this time, this opportunity that we had. Thank you for blessing us, Father. I pray that to all those who hear the word, Father God, we are here to it. will not grieve the Holy Spirit. will turn away from the enemy, put on Christ, and walk away from Satan. And that we, he doesn't have a foothold in our lives. I pray for those who are listening, Father God, and those who will listen soon in the, the sound of my voice, Father. I pray that you be with every single one of them, Father, and be, be with them, guide them, teach them. Let the power of the Holy Spirit bless them and be with them wherever they go. They're coming and they're going. We thank you, Father, for all the things you have done in our lives, and we thank you for the things that you're about to do. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much, everyone. God bless you. Again, this is Pastor Omar Rivera with the 915 Pastors Roundtable. Have a good night.